And now, it's time for Blazer's Edge. Blake to inbound. The Blazers have a 20-second timeout. Nate McMillan deciding whether to use it. Blake now throws to Roy. Brandon, a three-pointer out front. Hit it! Yes, he did! Oh, yeah! Batum throws to Lillard. A three for the game. Welcome into another edition of Blazers Edge Radio right here on X-Ray FM. I am your host, Ryan Buchanan, joined by my good friend and co-host, Mr. Sam Arnold. We got Stephen Glickman back running the boards, back from Italy. Sam's back from tour. We've got the band back together. Sam, unfortunately, not a whole lot to talk about this week with our uh, with our Blazers. We took last week off, and nothing really nothing really happened. Yeah, not not since the draft, obviously. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's uh we're at, we're at that funky point of the season where we just have a lot of question marks and and still not a lot of answers. Yeah, well, the draft was certainly a big deal. Yeah. Um, and the Blazers did select Scoot Henderson, and that's really where we're at right now. Uh, they, uh, they did have a, a a couple other really nice picks yeah. too that we'll talk about. They I thought they had a really really strong draft class, but of course the big story coming out of the draft with the selection of Scoot Henderson is now what happens with Damian Lillard. And that's been the story over the past week or so since that uh, since draft night. Basically around the NBA, that's been the story. Yeah, it's the big story around the entire league. Yes, yeah. is, uh, If you thought the trade rumors were were um, insufferable before, they, are, <laughs> they have been kicked into another gear. Yeah. There's, there's actually something to go on now. Right. So uh, you add a little fuel to that fire, and, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Uh, Miami is certainly the big destination um, although the thing with Miami is like, what could they really offer, right? That's what I keep saying is, you know, you, you keep seeing these trade packages proposed and, you know, they make sense for like the team getting Damian Lillard. Like, oh, you're giving up Tyler Hero and Cody Martin in a draft pick. But why would Portland want that? Yeah. Like what if, if we're in a full rebuild mode, I don't want those guys. I would have wanted what, what surprises me about this trade talk is if I'm the Blazers and I actually was going to trade Damian Lillard. Why wouldn't you want assets in this year's draft? Why wouldn't have you done that before the draft happened? That's why I don't think we're likely to see a deal to get done in the offseason. Maybe by trade trade deadline we'll be having this conversation again. But uh, just go start tanking for the third year in a row. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think so though. I I think we're. Uh, I think we're done with that, hopefully. I mean, knock on wood there. But I thought we were done after year one, Yeah, although too. it has worked. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it paid <laughs> off mean, pretty good I mean, say what you year. will, tanking does work in the NBA, it and does. the Blazers have a uh, nice little backcourt of the future to show for yeah, it. Yeah, so, definitely. And the Spurs uh, certainly benefited from yeah, tanking. So yeah, not a great look them. for the NBA that uh, tanking does indeed yeah. work quite well, as you look no further than now. The Hornets weren't tanking. They just sucked, and yeah. they got number two. But you look at... The Spurs and the Blazers both shamelessly tanking, and they uh, benefit greatly in yeah. this draft. 
And then you get teams like the Pistons who were trying to pa- tank and didn't didn't work out for them yep. so well. They got kind of screwed in the draft. Yeah, well, it's a crapshoot. Yeah, yeah, it is. When when you have half the league actively trying to tank, I guess the, <laughs> the odds aren't that great it's anymore. Tough. <laughs> it's tough. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I don't I don't want to get too far into the tanking deal, but I mean, how does the league defer team uh, get teams to not do it now? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't mean know. it seems almost impossible now. As you, that's the you see the blueprint by the Spurs and the and the Blazers, and it's like, what can the league really do? What was it? I I had an idea a while ago. You had a really good idea. I it don't was, remember uh, what it was if, either. If you're in the the if you're out of the play-in tournament for a certain years and amount of years in a row, you like lose your. Oh draft yeah, 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 yeah. Something like that. I think they I should like do that. something like that. Yeah, Just, I think when we talked about this a, f- a couple months ago now, yeah. but I. My idea was to uh, have the lottery be no odds. It's just a randomized lottery. Yeah. The teams that don't make the playoffs all go in, and everybody's got one ping pong ball, and, and that's how you I do Because, I mean, that's basically where we're at right now is any team who's not in the playoffs isn't competitive at all. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. They got to think of something, though, because it's, it's getting kind of ridiculous when half the league isn't competitive for – 90 percent of the bad. season the regular season has become uh pretty brutal to watch yeah to be honest for a lot of for a lot of teams certainly the blazers over the last couple of years we want to hear from you x-ray text line is open how you feeling about the state of the blazers post-draft as we're in kind of this weird situation now where uh, uh the blazers met with damian lillard yesterday by all accounts the meeting went well and the the messaging going forward is that he they are committed to building a winner around him. We'll see when they actually get to doing that, as we've been yeah. hearing that for quite some time, and yep. we're still waiting. Uh, but that is the latest coming out of the meeting yesterday between the front office and Damian Lillard, uh, their first meeting post-draft. Uh, but the X-ray text line is open. We want to hear from you how you're feeling, Nine seven one two two zero. Five nine seven nine. That is nine seven one two two zero five nine seven nine on the X-ray text line. Sam, let's talk about the rest of the draft here for the Blazers because obviously uh, Scoot Henderson was the obvious choice there if you're going to yep. keep the pick, right? Yep. But they made a couple of other really nice picks in yep. this draft, and they're getting a lot of credit for having perhaps the best draft. We're going to talk about the winners and losers in just a moment, but um, Chris Murray, who I talked with Dylan Sage about a lot uh, going uh, a couple weeks ago back in our draft preview, he slid all the way to 23, and he was one of the guys that we said, if he's there, you grab him. Oh, yeah. And, and he was there, yeah. and it makes a lot of sense. Um, obviously, he's the brother of Keegan Murray, who mm-hmm. had a very nice rookie year for the Sacramento Kings. He's a similar player, but a little... I would say a little bit more versatile, um, not quite as good of a shooter, yep. uh, but he is still a good shooter, uh, and he's got really nice form, uh, strong defender, um, but a, a little bit more of a versatile player. Maybe doesn't have the star power of a Keegan, but he is a he's a guy who can come in and be in the rotation from day one. Yeah, I was I was thrilled when we got him i thought this was one of the steals of the draft um to your point i i kind of think portland had the best draft out of anybody i mean they just hit on everything and they you did. know and they got, got just incredible value when you yeah. talk about scoot henderson uh a lot of people view him as a as a 
most years a number one overall pick. You get him at three. Well, Chris, Chris Murray, a guy who can come in and you know, great leg. That's a, a great forward to add uh, a three and D guy, yep. and you get him at twenty three. Yeah, yeah, crazy steal. And a lot of Charlotte fans were really upset that they didn't take Scoot Henderson. That was apparently pretty controversial in Charlotte to not take him, even though Brandon Miller seemed like the better fit in my opinion. Are you telling me team. there are Hornets fans? There are. Believe it really? or not, there okay. are there are a couple of them okay. that, that make the rounds on the internet. They're they're um, upset. They're okay. they're apparently upset. There was apparently a, a large amount of booze from the Charlotte fans in the draft at, at Barclays Arena. Um oh when they took Brandon Miller over Scoot Henderson. so Well, they I, had to know it was coming. I mean, you would think. Although there was that weird report. I think it was Shams who was a like, well. A couple days before. Yeah. yeah. Um, Got to say, it flipped the odds really nicely on betting for, <laughs> for Brandon Miller. I won some some nice money on that. Yeah, Shams um, is in a little bit of hot water. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he should be. That guy is a, a questionable journalist, mm, to say yeah, the least. He's got some other interests <laughs> as well in the gambling world. We don't need yeah, to get yeah, into that, yep. but I had to. Take a little shot there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, a great pick in the second round. So yeah. Now, full disclosure, I really don't know very much about Ryan Rupert, but by all accounts, from all the experts, he is a first-round talent. Some people said lottery-level talent yeah. that you grab at forty-three. Yeah. Um, and so that's a and he's a he's a strong defender. Mm -hmm. Um, so you know, is he a guy who's going to come in right away and play? Probably not. But uh, a nice piece moving forward and by the way the Blazers have a uh, nice little new G League team that was officially named yeah, yesterday the Rip City it. Remix yeah what do you think of the name I actually I'm not opposed to it I, I saw uh, you mentioned that yeah. <laughs> that Jody named it and yep. that does kind of put a little bit of a sour taste in yeah. my mouth but it's not a bad name I did Could yeah I really liked the name and then I saw that it was apparently her idea and that uh, made me not like it anymore <laughs> but um it is a cool logo. I don't yeah. think she designed the logo, so I, I love the logo. Um, you know, kind of a the, the music theme, and I like it. I like it. I just wish somebody else had come up with it. Yeah. yeah. Me but too. anyways, Ryan Rupert might be spending some time uh, playing at Child Center for the Rip City remix. Yeah, so let's hope so. Get a chance to uh, check him out there. But, yeah, by all accounts, Sam, just a, a really strong draft class Phenomenal. for the Blazers. Yeah. This is, I think this is one of the the best drafts I've ever seen the Blazers do where I just, I felt every single pick they made, I said, whoa, that's just a bullseye. Mm -hmm. Like it, every pick just seemed to be the, the best player imaginable. And it, like you mentioned with, with Chris Murray and, and Ryan Rupert, those guys slid to us in those positions, I thought. Yeah. And the fact that we got them at the positions that we got them, I mean, Portland fans should be feeling really excited about this draft because it was by all accounts, just hitting on every level is really really good yeah it was great and now the big story is how do you make uh damian lillard and scoot henderson coexist yeah to me this reminds me you remember when zion got drafted by the pelicans and he said oh i'm excited to see how it works with anthony davis and uh -huh. then anthony davis immediately demanded a trade and went to the <laughs> lakers um it kind of reminds me of that because scoot henderson has has been pretty adamant saying the league better watch out for me and Damian Lillard. Mm -hmm. Like, we're going to play off each other very well. And I think there's definitely a world where those two can coexist because they do have different styles of playing. 
Scoot Henderson is a much more aggressive get to the rim kind of player. Um, decent shooter, not not great by any means, but it, it no. seems like that's his shot's the, getting that's better. That's the one hole in his game yeah. right now is that he's not much of a shooter. But by by the offseason accounts, his shot has improved. So I think there's potential there. Um, not a guy that you want taking a ton of threes, but you know if he's a guy that can facilitate and distribute and get the ball in his hands and allow Damian Lillard to maybe play us some off-ball screens and get some open threes a la Steph Curry on the Golden State Warriors when he's not handling the ball. I mean, this this dynamic could work very well, and I, I don't think that people need to think, oh, it's either Young or with the vets on this team. I think there's a way to play both sides. Um, and honestly, I, I don't know that this works with many guys other than Scoot Henderson or Brandon Miller. Um, it's, we just got really lucky being able to draft a guy who I think can contribute right away on this team. Now, it's just going to be whether or not Damian Lillard wants to deal with the growing pains of having a bunch of young guys on the team. And we'll see that. I, I think there's a, a lot of opportunities the Blazers have to to add in some other pieces around Dame. We have a decent amount of options still. We still have free agency to look forward to. Yeah, free we gotta, agency kicks off next Friday, yeah, uh, 3 p.m. local time. Um, so, oh, sorry, this Friday, this Friday, three days from now. Yeah, uh, it's the kinda, 30th, right? The 30th, yep. yes, yes. So that will certainly be yep. big. Uh, unfortunately, we won't have a show next week because it's 4th of July and, well, I'll be out of town. But mm. uh, we'll, we'll be able to talk about it the week after. It'll still be relevant by then but yeah i'm curious to see what the blazers do because again by all accounts from the meeting they're still committed to building a winner yeah. around damian lillard a name that's been floated out that i love draymond green yeah. he opted out of his uh, his final year of his contract with golden state he is an unrestricted free agent we know dame loves draymond yep. and would love to play for him uh you talk about something that would uh, appease dame uh yeah. bringing in his dude would yeah. certainly, I think, go a long way. Well, and I feel like that's a very attainable piece, too, because we know that Dame and Draymond get along. Um, we know that Dame has been vocal about wanting to get Draymond to Portland, and Draymond's not going to be demanding a huge salary. I mean, we'll we'll have to pay him. He's not going to be a guy who goes for, like, $4 million. It'll probably be over $10 million would be my guess. But, you know, depending on what happens with Jeremy's contract, uh, it sounds like the Blazers are going to re-sign him, which I think is the correct decision. You it, just wonder about overpaying for Jeremy. That's yeah. kind of my concern um, with Jeremy Grant is that we saw that he's not the most consistent player yeah, in the world. I, I think if Jeremy demands more than he is realistically worth, as the Blazers, you have to let him walk. I mean, I, I don't think that Jeremy is worth overpaying for. Um and, you know, the Blazers have a lot of big contracts that they could move in trades. I know you, me, and just about everybody else in Portland are, are pretty high on moving Anthony Simons and Nurkic out. Uh, you, so yeah, you, got you get rid of those point. contracts, you get some more flexibility, bring in some guys who are actually going to contribute and not just... Those contracts, by the way, that you just signed last year. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially Nurks. Like, yeah, oh, my just, God. What are you, you talk thinking? About horrifically aged contract. Now, Sam, I don't think you're going to get uh, Graybond on the cheap because his uh, player option that he declined, yeah. 27 and a half mil. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just don't see a lot of teams paying big money for him. And I, I, know, I know Draymond wants a lot, but I don't know. There's also options for a sign-and-trade here. Yeah. Um, 
So I would I'd be calling up Golden State, although I'd, I'm not super How's thrilled dealing with then? Golden yeah. State. <laughs> exactly. After all <laughs> the Gary frosty. Payton mess. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that I really want to be calling them up and try to make something work, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think Draymond's a guy that you should go after pretty hard if you're the Blazers. Oh, absolutely, and he's a winner. He's a winner. Um, he's he's going to make this team a lot better, too, instantly. Yes, and the thing about Draymond Green is he is older. He's 33. Yeah. But the thing about him is he does not rely on athleticism. No. So he's a guy no. whose game has aged pretty well yeah. because he's a he's just a heady, heady smart player, yep. um, hard-nosed defender, um, really high basketball IQ. He's not an athletic guy. Yeah. Um, so he, he's a guy that you're not worried at 33 because right. he's going to be able to play, I think, at least till he's 40 if he wants to, just yeah. because his game is not reliant on athleticism. Exactly. And, you know, his, him and Dame's timelines are lining up perfectly. Dame's going to be 33 in September. So, you know, these pairing these two together just makes so much sense, and I hope the Blazers find a way to get it done because – you know, how often have we been saying the Blazers need a guy like Draymond Green in the locker room? So if you can yeah. actually get Draymond Green in the locker room, I think we're going to see some big improvements. Well, you need two pieces in your starting lineup, um, by my account, assuming you yeah. re-sign um, Jeremy Grant, yep. who I think is better as a three than a four, even though they've been playing at the four. Yep. So if you pencil him at the three, you go sharp and dame. You need uh, a center. Because let's be honest, Nurk is not a yeah. center on a contending team. No. And you need a power, a legitimate power forward. Yeah. Which Raymond Green Draymond. is yeah. a legitimate power forward. Definitely. Then you just need a center. Yeah. And if you could find a way to trade Anthony Simons and Nurk for a, for a decent center, yeah. all of a sudden you've got something going here. Yeah. And then, you know, you got Scoot coming off the bench, uh, probably bringing back Matisse Thibel. Chris Murray is a guy who can come in right away, and he'll yep. be, I think he's a rotation guy. I, he should be. Yeah, and he might be. I think he's a guy who could be a starter going forward. Yeah. Um, he's got that potential yeah. in his game as your starting three. Um, probably not right now with Jeremy Grant. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, you've got some options here, but the time is now, Sam, that you've got to actually do something. You can't keep talking about it. Uh, you can't keep kicking the can down the road. It's time to actually buckle down and do something. Yeah. I mean, the I think the problem with this is – just the what the trade market is at this point because I think we have to give the Blazers front office a little bit of credit because I think they have been working really hard on on trying to get stuff done um, we heard that they were aggressively trying to shop the third pick didn't get a good enough value for it and honestly I'm Which really I'm okay yeah yeah I, you didn't want to see a panic move and, don't undersell and, that and pick. trade a you know Scoot Henderson for uh, OG Ananobi exactly or something like that. exactly yeah. so yeah don't don't panic. Don't yeah. don't undersell here. Make sure you're getting good enough return. But guys like Anthony Simons and Nurkic don't make sense on this team anymore. And, you know, these are guys that... What a horrific free agency period from last year. Yeah. The three guys, Ant, yep. Nurk, who you're actively trying to trade both those guys, yep. and the disaster that was Gary Payton the second. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Holy... Oh, my. Yeah. Uh, you, couldn't, you couldn't do much worse if you tried. Yeah, and you know what? what's frustrating to me is, I mean, we talked about it pretty extensively last offseason. I was I was pretty annoyed that our big pickup was Gary Payton, and we all saw how that panned out. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think any of us wanted to re-sign Nurk for that kind of money. So no. I don't know, how, how could the front office not see this coming? This is a guy who's been getting worse every year, yeah. getting less interested every year. 
Why are you renewing his contract? Why are you? I mean, sign him for a one-year deal if you need to. Don't don't give him a something that <laughs> yeah. You're lock that's the him thing into. is I can't imagine that the market was very hot for Yusuf. You're bidding against yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he realistically, a team probably would have given like eight million for him. I could see a team signing him for that much, but you know, get him for nine. <laughs> one year then you're not in this position anymore and you have a lot of flexibility going into free agency so i don't know i the blazers really need to be aggressive and trying to get a legitimate center because yusuf nurkic clearly is not that guy um he could have been at one point but i think ever since that injury he's just never been the same player he also happens to be literally the only center on your roster literally yeah because drew eubanks is more of a four he's a four they played him at the five but he's a four um, so yeah, not a lot of options there. Yeah. You got to bring in some help. And you know, there, there are names available. Um, I think both Thomas Bryant and Mo Bamba are available in free agency. So what's weird about those guys is those guys were moved at the deadline and neither one of them really ended up playing for their anything. respective teams. Yeah. Bryant in Denver didn't see that he yeah. wasn't in the rotation. Mo Bamba in LA wasn't in the rotation yeah. either. So if I'm Portland, I'm trying to get one of those guys on the cheap and then trading for a legitimate center. So if you have a legitimate center and then Mo Bamba or Thomas Bryant backing up, I mean, that's a really solid center rotation right there. And you know, I I'd, I'd be making lots of calls. Some of uh, some of the guys I really want, uh, I don't think are going to be available. Nick Who Claxton really oh, is, okay. is very very high on my list, but I just don't see the Nets moving him. I well, think, they're going to want Dame. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to settle for Amphrey Simons. But you know, I'm still making that call. Um, because the Nets are a young rebuilding team. They probably want some more guard scoring. They don't have a lot of scoring options outside of Mikhail Bridges right now and debatably Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, so I'm, I'm still making that call if I'm Portland. But, you know, I want a guy of that caliber. Great mm-hmm. defender, good rim runner. I don't need a guy who's stretching the floor too much. I just want a good defender and, you know, somebody who's smart and athletic. That's all I want. That's all you want. That's it. That's not too much to ask, It's not is too it? much. It really isn't. It, it so. legitimately is not too much to ask. <laughs> we'll see if old Joe can get it Yeah, done. we'll see. I, real quick, I want to talk about kind of a, a narrative that I've seen from Blazer fans that kind of bothers me a little bit yeah, over the last it. week or so. Um, the willingness of a large portion of this fan base to – let's be honest, turn their back on Damian Lillard now that you've got Scoot Henderson and Shaden Sharp after all that he's done for the franchise doesn't really sit well with me. Um, I've just seen a lot of of people saying, well, you know, either Dame makes it work or he requests a trade, right? Yeah. Like, you talk about the arguably the most loyal player in professional sports history. Right. Right. (laughs) But, 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 you know, when you factor in all the obstacles that he's had to deal with with this disaster of a front office over the years, and he's stayed loyal to this team, and now you got a a fan base that's basically ready to cut him loose, it seems like. Um, That just doesn't sit well with me. Yeah. What do you make of that? I mean, it really doesn't sit well with me, too. I'm I'm right there with you. I think you're hearing that from a lot of – maybe Fairweather Blazers fans or new Blazers fans who who didn't grow up with the Damian Lillard era and seeing how much he's done for this franchise because I don't see how any legitimate Blazers fan can want to see Dame leave and just say, all right, it's done. We got Scoot. On to the next thing. Like, no, Damian Lillard is, in my opinion, the greatest Blazer of all time already. 
And I know some yeah. people would would have debates about that, but I, to me, he he just is for yeah. for what he's done for the team, for what he's done off the court, for who he is in the community. I mean, this is like you mentioned, maybe maybe the most loyal yeah. guy in professional sports. And I I feel like you need to certainly do, right now. Yeah. I'm talking ever. Ah, uh, me too. Yeah, uh, you know, back in the day, uh, you didn't have much of a choice. Right, free agency yeah. was wasn't a thing. But I mean, now it's like, yeah, you can go wherever you want, whenever you want. Oh, yeah. and and he wants to be here. And, and he had every opportunity yep. over the years to to cut bait and leave. And to to not reward that, and to not do everything you can. To, to keep him around would be a disservice. And I don't think the front office is there. I think the front office is trying to do everything they can. And I think their head's in the right space. And I wish that every Blazers head was in the right – every Blazers fan's head was in the right space as well because yeah. I think it's a shame to let Damian Lillard just go because we got Scoot Henderson. Yeah, it seems dirty. It does. Right, dance with Ubrunya. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You got the pretty new girl that shows up, but – um. Damian Lillard's been here for a while, and he deserves more respect than I feel like he's getting right yeah, now. definitely. Uh, from the fan base with all that he's given this team. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm going to be honest. If you're if you're looking at it from the most uh, logical, just no emotion going forward, the best option would probably be to trade him and go for a youth movement. Yeah. I mean, it's... But, I can't do that. No, nor nor do I want to. I don't want to see Damian Lillard in any other jersey ever. Yes. <laughs> you have to. It's and it's weird because I'm kind of torn on this because, like, I get how why that makes sense. Yeah. But I feel like from a morality sense, you have to ride this thing out. Yeah. You have to go down with the ship here. Yeah. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But to uh, throw Dame overboard after right. all he's done right. really doesn't sit well with me. Well, and I, I think the Blazers are in a really uniquely good position here because at the end of the day, if you go all in on trying to get Dame a contending team and you still manage to keep Scoot and Shaden you have a very good team of the future still. And those are guys who I think are contributing day one. We know what Shaden can do already. We saw how much better he got during the year. We saw who he was at the end of the year when given a chance offensively. So if you can keep him, and Dame knows what he can do, Dame, I doubt Dame's saying, hey, you got to trade Shaden and get me get me a vet. Mm-hmm. I, Dame probably says, yeah, Shaden's a contributor. He's a good player. And I think Scoot can be that guy too. So if you keep both those guys and still just try to make a winner around Damian Lillard, Five years from now, if Dame's retiring and past his prime or whatever, wherever he's, still he's looking at, pretty good. yeah, he's still looking pretty good. Easier uh, said than done, though. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, you got to get those vets. Yeah, but you still have a really good young core to to develop around for the future. So I think the Blazers are in a really uniquely good position at the end of the day because we have big contracts that some teams might be willing to take on, and you know, just for getting rid of old vets that they don't want anymore. You know, a lot of teams are going to be interested in Anthony Simons. I think that's a, a really good trade piece. He's we still have. a good player. He's still a very good player. I think a lot of teams are very interested in him because he's still very young. He's a, a very developed offensive player for his age. The problem is going to be Yusuf Nurkic. Uh, there's just not a market for him no. right now because everybody knows who he is now. We're, we're not fooling every, anybody. We're not tricking anybody with Yusuf Nurkic. Everybody knows what he's, what he's going to do. 
So, yeah, I, you got to make it work for Dame. But, you know, this isn't this isn't an all-or-nothing thing. It's not throw Jaden, throw Scoot, throw Chris Murray, throw Ant, throw Nurk, throw everybody who's not Damian Lillard in a trade package. You don't need to do that. All right. Well, we'll see if they get it done. Uh, I'm skeptical. And, and Stephen brings up a, a good point. Despite all of this, you still have the worst coach in the league in yeah. uh, Chauncey Billups and arguably the worst owner in the league in Jody Allen. So, yeah. unfortunately, at the end of the day, no matter what you do, I think your hands are pretty much We're tied. A little, little tied, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't it make a, you just so frustrated when you see a guy like Monty Williams go to Detroit? Yep. And Yes, he, it does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's the... Good job, Blazers. Good job hiring Chauncey Billups and locking him down for, what does he have, three more years left? He's got three more years left at Chauncey Billups. Three more years, Sam. Can you do it? No. You're going to have to. Yeah, we're going to have to. We're stuck with it. Let's talk about the rest of the draft, Sam, because there were, uh, I think, 27 other teams making selections. Uh, I believe two did not have picks in this year's draft and I want to talk about the winners and losers and I've got I've got a controversial winner here. Okay. I've got a I've got an easy one. Uh I got three winners and three losers. Okay. For me, my and these are not in order. These are just and I, I went mostly on value. And I, and I left the Blazers out, but they are clearly a win. Clearly. They might be the biggest winner, but yeah. we already talked about them. So yeah. outside of the Blazers, I've got Utah who got Taylor Hendricks, the big man out of UCF at nine. I was looking for them to get either a Nick Smith or a Keontae George, get a potential star going forward. Well, they end up getting Keontae George at 16. So they get him and they get a a solid big man in uh, Taylor Hendricks. So now um, I'm feeling a lot better about their direction. And then they get a great value pick at the end of the first round, picking up Bryce Sensabaugh, the forward sharpshooting forward out of Ohio State, who slid all the way to 28. He was a guy that... um, you know, was projected to to go maybe around the 15, 16, 17 range. So great value by the Utah Jazz. I like what they're doing as they're building that team going forward. I thought they nailed their picks. Uh, and I've got a controversial winner here, okay? So, okay. so stay with me. I'm going Charlotte. Mm. Not necessarily for Brandon Miller, but because they got Nick Smith at 27. Nick Smith at 27. This was a guy who was the number three overall recruit uh, going into last year. He was hurt, so you didn't see the best of him, but he has got star potential, and you picked him up at the end of the first round. So I think yeah. that's a really nice pickup for Charlotte. Brandon Miller positionally makes sense. If yep. you can keep uh, LaMelo Ball happy, we'll see, and he can stay healthy. I think that's a really one good one-two punch going forward, and maybe you can see a light at the end of the tunnel there, and you've yeah. got a, another potential star in Nick Smith as well. So I really like that... Um, I like that pick specifically for Charlotte. And then the Houston Rockets, where they take the obvious choice at Amen Thompson, and then they get great value, too. A guy I thought could go as high as number five, Cam Whitmore slid all the way down to 20. Yeah. Sam, and I thought I thought either the – I thought he would make sense on the Pistons or the Pacers at five and seven. Pistons ended up going Asar Thompson, and the Pacers ended up – Drafted Blil Kualabi, but they traded for Jairus Walker, who made sense there. And then Cam Whitmore slid all the way down. Great value there at 20 for the Houston Rockets. You got any other winners you'd like to, to add on? I mean, obviously the Spurs, but that's that's, that's an obvious that one. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think you hit it. I, I am a little – I mean, 
as is 19 other teams. I'm a little concerned about Cam Whitmore um, in the the health issues. Apparently, there was a lot of red flags from a lot of teams. Yeah. Um, but at 20. In, in draft workouts. So, uh, yeah, at, at listen, 20. listen, the Rockets are going to suck for a while, so you can afford it. Well, and you know what this reminds me of is when Mike Porter slid to Denver because mm. he was a guy that was billed really high, and then everybody said, oh, he's got all these injury problems. Mm. And, yeah, he has had injury problems, but when he's on the floor, he's a very good player. So I, I think this is great for uh, – for the Rockets. Um, also, just another winner, just the Thompson Twins in general. I, <laughs> I love that they got picked back-to-back. Yeah. Um, good for them. It's. I was surprised that the Pistons opted for a star. I know Dylan Sage in our preview, that's who he picked, but I mm-hmm. thought they'd go for uh, a bigger guy there. Uh, uh, legitimate three. And I, I know a star projects as, as a three, uh, but I, w- I was thinking more uh, Cam Whitmore or – Jarris Walker there. So we'll see how that yeah. works out for Detroit. Blazers will be taking on Detroit. Oh, no, they won't. They'll be taking on the Rockets uh, with M.N. Thompson mm-hmm. and Cam Whitmore in their first summer league game. They'll also be taking on Wemby uh, in their second game with San Antonio, the Hornets, and Brandon Miller, and then the uh, Orlando Magic, who selected Anthony Black at six. That is the four games scheduled for the Blazers Summer League. They will have one other game to be determined later. Uh, that starts next Friday. Now, yes, next Friday. Next Friday. This Friday is free agency. Next Friday is the first <laughs> Summer League game. 7-7. July 7th. Uh, let's talk losers, Sam. Yeah. Um, my big loser is the Washington Wizards. Not necessarily what they did but kind of what they did in the draft, but also the events leading up to the draft where they decided to trade the best player they've had in 25 years and yep. Bradley Beal for um, nothing. Yep. <laughs> and they traded Christos Porzingis for um, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and then they draft uh, Wemby's teammate, Bilal Kualabi. They Technically, Indiana did, but those two did a little switcheroo. Um, well, I don't know a whole lot about, but um, now that you've got um, zero talent in Washington, I think you need a, a building block going forward, and I'm not convinced that uh, Mr. Kualabi's the guy. I could be proven wrong, but I thought the Wizards were a big loser here just overall. Yeah, I mean, their their offseason has been just a big question. They were showing their me. starting lineup, their projected starting lineup, and it's uh, – not good yeah <laughs> because Kyle Kuzma off to basically everybody's gone yeah um except Denny Avji uh so they've got who they got you want to take the ball for a minute and I will uh yeah, I'll, yeah I'll look up their up. starting lineup here yeah I mean the some other losers let's talk about losers well I want to talk about the Wizards a little bit more just with okay, these okay. trades um well don't talk about too much because that's in our three questions okay okay I, I won't talk about it too much then but yeah it's just the the way that they were just giving up these great players for nothing. Nothing. And then, like, Bradley Beal. You did get Jordan Poole. Um, yeah. <laughs> great. <laughs> who, um, <laughs> he's going to have the, the greenest of green lights yeah. next year. Watch we're we're going to see Jordan yeah. Poole exposed next he's year. He's going to shoot, like, see. 15% for the yeah. field. Yeah. So there, here's the – I got their starting lineup. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> They've got Bilal uh, – assuming Bilal doesn't start, this is the uh, – these – projected starting lineup for your Washington Wizards next season. Uh, tickets now available at WashingtonWizards.com <laughs> by the way. Center, Daniel dollar. Gafford. Um, that might be your best starter because yeah. um, it gets worse from there. Power forward, Denny Avji, who is was a lottery pick. He hasn't really lived up to that. Corey Kispert, 
Uh, the guy from uh, Gonzaga, sharpshooter. Mm-hmm. He's your small forward. You got Jordan Poole, and then you got Tyus Jones, who you also picked up. Um, and you don't have much of a bench. Yeah. How you feeling? Yeah, You're a Wizards fan. This is <laughs> maybe. Uh, yeah, I think it's maybe the worst roster in the entire league at this. Oh, point. it's gotta be. I can't think of anybody who has a worse. It's team gotta than be. This. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, just what are they? What are they doing? And How you think old Wes Unsell Jr. is feeling right now about his team? I think he probably wants out. <laughs> <laughs> I would want out. He's I wouldn't want to like coach that. Dead man walking. Me? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Kulabali. Like, I I feel like he was a guy that rose up almost too quickly in the draft. Yeah. You you heard a lot of guys say like, oh, he looks so good in the offseason, and clearly he's got a spotlight on him because he's playing vi- with Victor Wembanyama. There's always that guy that you, you're yeah. the teammate of the yep. top prospect, and you, you benefit because, well, people are there to watch the other guy. Yeah. And- they end up watching you as well. But what he went at what seven? Is seven, that right? Yeah. yeah. I mean that's that's way too high. Ahead of Jerris Walker. Yeah. Ahead I, of just yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. I I think he's he could be a decent player. I don't think he's going to be that great for a while, um, especially on the Wizards. Like a guy like that. Yeah. And they should have known this. A guy like that needs a better guy around him to be good. He's got nobody. He doesn't have Victor Wembanyama anymore. So <laughs> we're we're going to see what he no, what he what he uh, can do. He's got and, nothing in Washington. Yeah. I just. <laughs> This team make, is going to be so bad. Yeah. They won't have to tank. And, you know, Tyus Jones, when, when that whole trade went down and I saw that they got Tyus, I was like, oh, Tyus as a he starter. He had a nice year, especially filling in for John Moran. He's but a good here's, player. But here's the thing. Tyus Jones is a natural distributor who needs good players around him. Yeah. What is he going to do with a team of terrible players yeah. around him? He's gonna and he's a good player. pass the Jordan Poole, and yeah. Jordan's going to... Chuck him up. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I mean, everybody else going to stand around and watch. It's the Jordan Poole show yeah. in Washington. I, I legitimately think Tyus Jones was maybe the best backup point guard in the league last year. Oh, yeah. Um, just such he's a, capable of being a starter. Yeah, he's certainly. he's such a good player. He's such a, a fundamentally sound player. Heads in the right place. Understands the game really well. But he needs good players around him, as any point guard does. And he does not have that. Yeah, he does not have that in Washington. So Let's talk about some other losers, Sam. Yeah. Uh, I got the Golden State Warriors mm. drafting Brandon Poziemski out of Santa Clara. Now, full disclosure, I don't know a whole lot about him, but when you had Cam Whitmore right there, you've got Chris Murray right there. Yeah. I'm just looking saying, really? That now, yeah. he's a, he was a really good shooter at Santa Clara. He shoot the ball. But this was a head-scratching move for me. I thought that you could have benefited from one of the other good forwards. Um to give you somebody going forward because obviously your backcourt still pretty good. They got some guys, Steph and uh, and Clay, that are pretty solid. Um, and I thought that they could have used a, a an upgrade at the uh, potential guy going forward to be your your small forward or maybe even your power forward if Draymond Green is indeed on the move. So yeah. I was not crazy about that pick for them. And then my other loser, uh, I've I've got the Thunder not necessarily because of anything against uh, the player they selected, Casey Wallace. This was a trade with Dallas. Dallas unloaded the contract of Davis Bertans. They ended up making a a reach that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Derek Lively. They did indeed take Derek Lively, but they ended up getting him basically at twelve because they traded uh, with the with the um, Thunder. Uh, so the Thunder end up with Case and Wallace, and this is a position they did not need. They don't need any more guard sand. They need yeah. to get bigger. And again, there were forwards available. Um, and I just am not crazy about this pick if you're if you're Oklahoma City. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. Especially to, me. to take on Berton's contract mm-hmm. and move up 
mm-hmm. so that you could get Casey Wallace, another guard. Yeah. I think we might see a, a kind of change of the guard in OKC coming up because I think they're realizing that, oh, we actually have some good players now. We can we can be a kind of a sneaky something. good team. Yeah. I mean, they were they were a decent team last year. Yeah. Yeah, they were. They really were. Was, uh, Much know. better than they had any business being. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. And a lot of that um, was, well, it was Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and then it was yeah. Jalen Williams. Yeah, Jalen Williams. Josh Giddey's been blossoming into a great player. Yeah, Jalen Williams was, uh, you know, if if, if Paulo Bencaro wasn't so good most of the year, I think Jalen Williams had a really good shot at winning Rookie of the Year. Um, I, I really loved his rookie year. Uh, he was great. Just yeah. really great fan- Fundamental player. Easily the best uh, rookie of the second half. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Great defender, decent shooter, especially. I mean, I feel like his shot was something that was kind of knocked on coming into the year, but he turned into a pretty good shooter already. Um, yeah, so I, I think OKC is is maybe thinking, okay, we have Shea, we have Giddy, we have Jalen Williams. Those are our three guys we want to build around. We have Holmgren, too. Don't forget about Chet. We know, we know Chet's, well, maybe he'll play if he doesn't get injured in the offseason again. Um, so if you're if you're getting Case and Wallace as a backup guard, because let's be honest, the rest of the backup guards for OKC aren't very good. You have what Trey Mann and uh, yeah, Jared Butler. Yeah, uh, Isaiah Joe had a nice. Yeah, nice yeah, year. he was fine, but I I'm feeling a little better about a guy like Case and Wallace. So I don't know. I think we're gonna see the Thunder try to be pretty active in the trade market, or at least they should, because otherwise this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, we'll see. I didn't. I wasn't crazy about that pick. Uh, we are going to. We got to run through the stop sign here because we don't have time for uh, to mess around with the c- commercial break today, Sam. Because we got to get right into our three questions. Because we got to talk about um, some trades that happened uh, leading up to the draft. Uh, three questions is brought to you by New Deal Distillery. They have been located in Southeast Portland since 2004. They make craft vodka, gin, bourbon, rye, rum, liqueurs, and more. Their spirits are available in their tasting room at 900 Southeast Salmon Street in Southeast Portland, as well as cocktail lounges and liquor stores near and far. More information, as always, is available at NewDealDistillery.com. And uh, Mr. Stephen Glickman, back from Italy, uh, the international uh, man of mystery, uh, back from his vacation, what is our first question this week? Our first question today is, where do the Suns rank in the West after Bradley Beal trade? Bradley Beal is gone from the Wizards, the other long-tenured guy with the, along with the Damian Lillard that, that stayed put in Washington for a lot of years and a whole lot of nothing. They mm-hmm. they got even less than, than Dame has out of, yeah. the, out of the Blazers. Um, and he goes to Phoenix, and Phoenix gives up Chris Paul and, and uh, Landry Shamit, and that's about it. So now you uh, you haven't solved your depth issue if, if you're Phoenix, but you bring in another superstar. So now you got you got three of those. Yep. Um, not a whole lot else, Sam. So where do we now? We'll see what they can do in free agency. They obviously mm-hmm. don't have much money, mm-hmm. uh, but it will, it will, they'll be able to certainly bring in some uh, some minimum salary veterans to kind of fill out this roster. You do still have DeAndre Ayton, yeah. but there's only one ball. And you've got three really good scorers here in Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Bradley Beal all like the ball in their hands. Yeah. Are they really the best team? I mean, they've got a ton of talent, yeah. but... I, I don't think they're the best team. Um, is Denver still the best team? I think team? Denver has to be. I mean, just look at how good they were in the finals, and they were in the play. I mean, Denver is one of the most, like... P- 
pure basketball teams I've ever seen where they just they they move the ball so well, they do everything so well. They have a, a generational talent. Uh, just I, I, I Denver is the best team in the West for me still, uh, and, and it's not that close. Just because I feel of like how they're the only they team without question marks. Yeah, yeah, because they're just too good. They they filled out everything so well. And they've taken advantage of chaos with everybody else. Yep, exactly. So to me, Phoenix, uh, this is going to be a good team, but we saw what happened in the playoffs last year. The depth is an issue. They've got to add some pieces. They need to. And they, like you mentioned, they don't have a lot of flexibility. Have, they don't have any they money have... to add pieces, so yeah. it's going to be, you're going to have to bring in some vets. Yeah, and to me, like moving on from Chris Paul for Bradley Beal, sure, that makes sense in a lot of ways. Uh, I think you're going to see Devin Booker probably running the point most of the time uh, next year. We saw that when Chris Paul was out with injury uh, and he did a very, very good job in that position. So Phoenix is going to be very good um, when their starters are on the floor and they really need to figure out something with depth. I still think this is a top five team in the West, but unless they get some depth quick, I don't see them making a deep playoff run again. They because certainly got to stay healthy. Yeah, they got to stay you got healthy. No depth, you can't afford injuries. Yep. Yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. I don't think they're there. I, I think right now you've got, You've got one, you've got Denver, and then there's a big old question mark yeah, about the pecking order definitely. after that. We're going to learn a little bit more as free agency starts and teams start to kind of revamp, but there is no clear-cut number two, yeah. in my opinion. you got a whole lot of teams that are that are jockeying around, and they've all got question marks. It's it's Denver and then everybody else, and I don't think this build trade puts the Suns over the top of that because, again, they have no depth, and we saw what happened with their super team last year. It didn't, yep. didn't work out so well when yep. they went up against a real team and the Denver Nuggets. Question number two. Question number two is, does Kristaps Porzingis make the Celtics the best team in the East? Yeah, this is the question now, Sam, because the uh, the Celtics move on. For, they tried to move on from Malcolm Brogdon. That didn't work out. So they ended up moving on from Marcus Smart, uh, long-tenured uh, man there in Boston. And they add to their front court, bringing in Christos Porzingis, who had a nice bounce-back year for the Wizards last year. Um, certainly, you look at the Bucks as one of the top teams in the East. They've obviously had disappointing uh, playoff exits over the last couple of years, but if you're looking now, the Bucks are still certainly going to be there. We'll see what happens in Philly, uh, you know, with James Harden and, and Joel Embiid. Um, are the, are the Celt- does this put the Celtics past the Bucks in your opinion, Sam? No. No, okay. it doesn't. Um, still riding with Milwaukee? Yeah, I am. Uh, at least during the regular season, we'll see in the playoffs. I mean, all the, yeah, the playoffs were so weird this year in the East. Uh, but yeah, I mean, for me, Porzingis, they got him for a steal, in my opinion. Um, just giving up Marcus Smart is, is great to get a guy like Porzingis. But now your problem is you don't really have playmaking identity on the Boston Celtics. That was one of their problems last year. There wasn't a lot of offensive flow. It was kind of just give it to Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown and let them dribble and take a contested jump shot. Um, and we saw, I mean, these these guys are great players and they're phenomenally talented, but that will only get you so far against a real team. And we saw Miami beat them. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I This Porzingis trade, I, I think it's going to be good. It's going to give them some size. It gives them a guy who's a little bit closer in age to their core. Um, 
you know, you have guys like Al Horford kind of aging out of that team eventually, you would think. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Giving up Marcus Smart from a team identity standpoint doesn't make as much sense, but it is a good value. Yeah, for he Porzingis, was. So. Yeah, I think that's the big factor here is uh, not necessarily what he brings on the court, but he was kind of the heart and soul of that yeah, team. Yeah, exactly. So you wonder how that will affect them. But I mean, they've still got, they're still solid at guard. Where Very you've solid. got Jalen Brown, Derek White, Malcolm Brogdon. We'll see who slides into the starting point guard spot. Yeah. Uh, and then Peyton Pritchard, who basically fell out of the rotation right. just because there wasn't any room for him. Now you figure he'll slide back in, get some get some backup minutes. Um, and yeah, you add, you add another legitimate front court starter besides uh, Jason Tatum. Yeah. So, I like it. But, yeah, I I, I, uh, I don't know. I think it's kind of a toss-up here between Milwaukee and Boston. I mean, I think Boston's just going to do what they do every year. But it's it's going to be in the playoffs. And, you know, yeah. Porzingis gets injured a lot. So. But those are clearly the two. Yeah, those are clearly the two. Yeah. Uh, Steven? I was just going to add, you look at the four top teams in the East. Boston, which is a good organization, Milwaukee, which is a very good organization, and they both those, both those teams have talent. Philadelphia has talent, but it isn't necessarily a good organization. And Miami's a great organization, but they don't necessarily have talent. They didn't need it this year. So, you know, the question is, in those, based on those circumstances, how far can the Celtics go? I, I think it really comes down to the, the learning curve of the coach. Yeah, that's a good if point. If he comes up with a couple yeah. of slick ideas, some good plays, good yeah. matchups, he, they could go far. Yeah, Joel Mazzula did not have a great <clears throat> postseason, got um, outcoached certainly by Eric Spolster, which happens yeah. a lot because Eric Spolster, as we've talked about, is one of the best coaches in the NBA, certainly. But yeah, so that's it's going to be interesting to see how it works out. But um, I like that the fact that the Celtics, uh, again, last year they went out and they got Brogdon. This year they go out, they get Porzingis. They're not standing pat. They're yeah. they're consistently, you know, they, uh, it didn't work out last year. What do we do? So they bring in another really good player. And so I appreciate that they are, they're not, they're the anti-Blazers. They're not just sitting around hoping it'll work out. They're actively going out there year after year trying to shake things up and improve their team. Yeah, this... Honestly, it, it, when I see trades like this happen, I just get frustrated for the Blazers because I Porzingis would have been a guy who fit in really nicely on the Blazers. And yeah. another guy we haven't talked about who was traded recently, John Collins. Um, yeah, and he was given away. Yeah, I. What a fall from grace he's had. Yeah, I mean, Atlanta. he's a guy I would have I would have given up nothing to have John Collins. Yeah, yeah. Why, why not? not? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, Utah, I, right? Yeah, Utah. For yeah. Rudy Gay and a second round pick, they're giving him. Yeah, it was a, for nothing. It was a salary dump by yeah. Atlanta. They didn't. They didn't want him anymore. Yeah, crazy. And crazy. Guy a few years ago it was like, oh man, they got John Collins. They got Trey Young, and yeah, that did not work out. Right. Right. Question number three. I just wanted to point out that this is the engineer endorsed question of the week. Okay. <laughs> and it is, which comes first, Indiana Jones six or a Wizards playoff appearance? Well, Indiana Jones 5 comes out Thursday night, Sam. Mm -hmm. We've talked about how that will be a steaming hunk of garbage. Yeah. But also a steaming hunk of garbage is the (laughs) Washington Wizards, as we talked about. Yeah. So I got to ask you, you know, Harrison Ford is like 80. They're going to have to, if they want to get six out, they got to start working on it, right? So I'll give it five years. Okay. Um, If this one makes money, which it should, because people are stupid. Uh And they'll pay to watch bad things. Uh Just like people will pay to watch a bad Washington Wizards team. Maybe Uh not as many people as will pay to go see the Jones. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But there will be people that will show up to watch the Wizards. So I ask you, which comes first? Uh, Indy 6 or a Wizards playoff appearance? 
Are we are we saying Harrison Ford has to be in it? He has to be. Well, or it's a deep fake or something. Okay. We can we can get a little creative, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna say if they're doing it, it's within the next seven years. I think they'll. Yeah. I. Oh man. Can the Wizards do it in seven years? Because they've got nothing right now. They've got nothing. Uh, I think so. I'm, I'm just gonna I'm gonna say I I think they can. Just because, ah, man, I don't know. I I think this is the last Indiana Jones. I ho- Well, look how long it took them to make this one compared to the last Fair. one. It was about 10 years, right? They don't have 10 years. Yeah. I don't think. I'll go with the Wizards. I'm going right. to go with the Wizards. All right. I like it. I'm going Indy. I got no faith. <laughs> more so than I, I knew think, you would. <laughs> I think they're going to, this is going to make a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, and they're going to say, we got to crank another one of these out yeah. before old Harrison kicks the bucket. Mm. <laughs> Fair. Wait, if we're going to race to the bottom. I think there's more urgency there yeah, than with the Wizards. Definitely. If we're going to tr- just do our own version of going to ta- down to see the Titanic and a, a submersible that's going to implode, wouldn't you bring in Shia LaBeouf to be the next Indiana oh, Jones, go. like, you know, the, the face of the franchise? Just like... He was he was in the last one, right? Right. He so, was in yeah. uh, Crystal Skull. So, like, you bring him back and you go, like, we can make this bad. We, we can achieve lowness. They can and they will. He's Never probably underestimate the power of uh, the lack of creativity in Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Shia's got his own issues, so he could, yeah, he could probably use the, use the job. All right, that was three questions brought to you by New Deal Distillery. Sam, Summer League is coming up after uh, free agency. We've talked about what we'd like. We'd like to see the Blazers be aggressive. We'll see if they actually are. They say they are going to be, but they say that every year. Yeah. (laughs) So I'll I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, But since we don't know what's going to happen there, we do know that Summer League is coming up. We've got our first game uh, a week week from this Friday uh, against the Houston Rockets. And um, the number four overall pick, Amen Thompson, will be our first chance to see Scoot Henderson in a Blazer uniform along with Chris Murray and Ryan Rupert. How you feel? A lot of juice in this uh, Blazer Summer League with their good draft. You got to be excited to see the boys in action. Yeah, I'm. I'm very excited, actually. Uh, I, I think this might be the most excited I've been for summer league, ever, as yeah. a as a Blazers fan. I, I mean, we have so much to look forward to now. Um, it's the first time we've had a top three pick in a long time, too. So, I mean, just a lot of Greg Oden, right? I think so. I think that was the last one. Because Dame wasn't a top. No, no, no. I think it was Greg Oden. Yeah. Um, that was what fifteen years ago. Uh, two thousand eight or so. Uh, 2007, I think. Was it 2007, 16 years ago? It's been a minute. Let's yeah. put it that way. It's been a minute. It's been a, been a long time. So, yeah, a lot of excitement. Um, do we know if Shaden's playing? 2007. I don't know if Shaden's playing or not. I don't know I if would, he uh, played his way out of something. Yeah, I, I, I would be kind of surprised to see him, but I would love to see him. I really want to see that, like, just scoot and Shaden yeah. go crazy together, but I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play. I mean, I think he might be too good for summer league. I, I think he. If might If you be. do too good the year before, you don't that's, have to go back. That's true. Right? <laughs> that's true. <laughs> do we see Chet Holmgren in summer league? That's what I want to know. I don't know. I feel like they're <laughs> holding him out. They're as they should taping him together and <laughs> putting him in a bubble. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we see Chet in, in summer league. But yeah, I'm I'm excited. I feel like we have a really good summer league schedule too. These are all going to be yeah. You got some good games, games and watch. that's the benefit of being a top pick is they like to pair these top picks exactly. against each other. Yeah. So you'll see you'll see Wemby, you will see Brandon Miller, you'll see Amen Thompson. Yeah. So you're going to get a chance and Scoot Anderson. You'll see the top four yeah. top four picks uh, 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 
assuming nobody gets hurt. Right. Remember, Shaden got hurt last year. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to it. That's coming up in uh, a little over a week. And w- one more thing I got to say about Scoot Henderson is I just love his demeanor. Yeah, and it's a too. demeanor that Portland is desperately lacking. Yeah. And he's got that edge. He's not too cool for school. Yep. Which you saw, you know, you see with, with frankly, Shaden Sharp, mm-hmm. right? He's got an edge, and he's going to come in, and he's – I feel like he's not going to just be your normal rookie where he just kind of sits in the corner and minds his own business. I feel like Scoot is coming in, and, and he's going to leave his mark on the team from day one. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy who you can tell he, he's got a chip on his shoulder even though he's a top three pick because I think he – in his mind, he should have been number one. Yep. And I, I think he genuinely believes that, and – yeah, the Blazers need a guy like that. It's it's going to be fun to watch. I I think he's going to just go crazy out there. Um, I'm assuming he's staying on the team now. It doesn't seem like there's any real possibility of trading Not him anymore. at this point. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited. Yeah, I'm genuinely excited. And hopefully you can make it work out with Dame. That becomes hopefully. a big question. Hopefully you can add some pieces in free agency. We will be back to talk about that in two weeks. We'll be, uh, we'll be uh, observing the holiday next week, 4th of July. We'll be back at it. Tuesday, July 11th, right here for more Blazers Edge Radio. We'll, we'll go through and we'll presumably, Sam, have uh, some things to talk about with some new Blazers. Yeah. So that'll be coming up yeah. in two weeks. Uh, be sure you tune in for that. That'll do it for us today. Thanks to Stephen Glickman, as always, my good friend Sam Arnold. And we will be back at it in two weeks, July 11th here for more Blazers Edge Radio. But stay tuned because Flying Saucer Safari is coming up next right here on X-Ray FM.